Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Weedy Bremer with Christian Scott Atunde Ajua with uh, In the Beginning. Uh, you are listening to hashtag Speak Up Thursday with Love Music, Hate Racism. This is episode 21. Hope you will. Weedy was, uh, well, there's a few reasons I put him in there. First of all, before I go, we are live in Soho. There's a few more bodies walking around. I see somebody on a bike. There's men working. They're pulling heavy things out of a car. Lockdown is easing, right? I think you can hang out with six people now. That's cool. Isn't that nice? Okay. I've done that bit. So I put Weedy in first, not because he was the the third guest of this show, calling in from New Orleans. Shout out Weedy, friend of the show, friend of Soho Radio. Not just because I love that record and because I love that song, but because when I met this man, we had a, we had a, a brief, hilarious and funny conversation about West, West African music. And then we became friends and we started talking and I booked him in London I brought him over here for a couple gigs he played Ealing Jazz Festival and Ronnie Scott's for a couple nights and uh, on that during that time I became closer with the guest that I have joining me today who's the leader of Bali Maya Project we're going to speak about in a second but it was such a nice weekend I thought I would I would start with some of his music and um, we're going to talk about how uh, West African music is is kind of everywhere. Maybe we just don't realize it uh, being here in London, England. But help me welcome to the show the one and only Yehel Kamara Onono. What's going on, everybody? Uh, thanks for coming on. So, yeah, nice let's let's talk about. I guess it's it's been a while. Um, let's, <laughs> but let, let's talk about Bali Maya Project because, you know, I, I go back. It was probably two years ago when when uh, Weedy was here, two and yep. a half years. My sense of time is messed up now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we really started hanging out and I got to see you play a little bit more. Yeah. Um, how long has Bali Maya Project been in the making? Boy, Bali Maya Project. First of all, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate um, being here with your fine self. Um, yeah, Bali Maya Project has been in the making for... It's been in my head for a while, but it's been actually around and live and kicking and rehearsing and getting stuff together for about two years now. It'll be two years in maybe October. So it was starting around the time we met, I guess. I think so. I think so. And did, was, you said it had been an idea for a while. What what, what kind of pushed you over the edge to to commit to that project? I think because being part of the London scene um, in many ways... Um, and also being from the diaspora, being born here, but of West African heritage, it really wanted me to do something that um, touched on both of my 
cultures and both of my roots, being a Londoner and being a West African person as well. And um, I really feel like what prompted me was the lack of that authentic feel that I found in the UK. Not that everyone is not doing their best and um, not that everyone is not trying their hardest to learn, but um, I really felt like there was something missing. I really felt that though the influence of West Africa was there, it was too broad and it was too generalized. Um, everything was Afrobeat. <laughs> mm. Everything, even if it's not Afrobeat, is described as Afrobeat. And if we have someone that knows a bit more, then they say high life. But in West Africa alone, it's a huge region. Mm. And um, percussively, um, the Manding region is probably the most complex and the most developed of all those sounds and one of the most popular, but for some reason it hadn't caught on. And also the fact that a lot of the origins of music like jazz, like blues, comes from that region directly. Mm. And um, So describe that region a little bit more. So Manding would be described as anywhere from southern Mauritania to Niger, uh, western Niger. Um, and it was a vast empire before. It includes the countries of Guinea, Mali, Burkina Faso, Ivory Coast, Senegal, Gambia, Guinea-Bissau, Liberia, Sierra Leone, um, uh, northern Ghana, parts of northern Nigeria, parts of western, um, southwestern Niger. And um, it's just a huge area that is made up of many different ethnic groups for all of us under one umbrella called Mandeng. And... Um, that's where the djembe comes from. That's where you have the kora and the balafon, the dunun and the talking drums there. A lot of them are, are in, incorporated with that region as well. And um, it influences a lot of the music that's coming out of West Africa into the diaspora. A lot of those places are influenced by Manding music. And, it, you know, it's growing up in the, I hate calling it the West or whatever, the States mm -hmm. or Europe, UK, like, mm -hmm. like where I grew up. And I believe. So, how what, did you spend any time as a youth in in west africa i did um i spent a couple of years in ivory coast so you you said you know like so much of our the modern music in in our cultures is derived from from west african mm -hmm, mm -hmm. music i think that's something that kind of a lot of people maybe say and talk about without really knowing the like the the depth of it yeah um so why don't we talk about that for a minute? I mean, uh, let me be naive about it. My So my understanding would be like recorded music as we know it is what, like a hundred years old and it kind of starts with the blues and the blues sure. starts with plantation songs and who's on the plantations, sure. people from West Africa. But, sure. but like, let's go a bit deeper than that. I mean, is it specific rhythms, specific people, specific groups of people um okay. so that's 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 a good question but it's also a very deep one so it's not just in terms of recorded music it's in terms of spirituality it's in terms of folklore and um the holding on of that folklore and the expression of that folklore we look at for example gospel singers in the south um in the south of america and we look at their style of singing and then we compare it to the griot singers of bamako today and you can see so many different, um, so many similarities in their cadences, in their tone, in the way that in which they express themselves. We can look at um, blues and look at the key that blues, a lot of it is played in. And we can look directly with the link between Wasulu 
and music like Umusangare, with music like um, Nahawa Dumbia, we can look at and definitely hear there's an absolute link. Mm. Even in the tempo and the way in which it's played, you can see there's a definite link. We look at jazz and the way in which polyrhythms and rhythmic groupings are put together and stretched and, and you know, tried to push the different boundaries. We can see that with the kind of um, complex percussion that is applied, especially in West Africa, where it is probably the most profound and most varied. We can look at even spirituality, and we look at Santeria, we look at um, Urisha in the Caribbean, in Anvodu in Haiti, and we can see that there's a direct link from Yoruba culture in southwestern Nigeria, Benin, and other parts of West Africa, and the Orisha in Cuba, in Brazil, and in other um, Caribbean islands and parts of the Americas. Um, we can look at um, uh, Candomblé in Brazil. We can look at um, Vodun, like I said, in Haiti, and look at the, dir the direct link between Vodun in Bina and Haiti, and even in the drumming and the language used. And though it may be changed in some way, one may say watered down, but it's just, it's changed because it's in a different setting and environment. Mm. They are fundamentally very much linked. So it goes deeper than just saying, oh, all music comes from Africa because mm. there's a sort of rhythm to it. It's the fact that people took, were taken from where they are, from where they were, placed where they are in the diaspora in different places. And despite all attempts to erase their name, erase their culture, even in the States, where, which was the last stop, um, where they were not allowed to play instruments or not allowed to speak their language, that expression still remained in the people and the way in which they express themselves because they tried their best to hold on to it. And I imagine that um, you mentioned griots earlier. I, I imagine that, you know, having a, um, you know, having a vocal history passed down mm -hmm. amongst generations must be really important. And, and 100%. You know, but because... You know, you can burn a book, but you, you can't take it out of the you memory. You can't take so, it from memory. So, so that, I mean, I, I imagine that a lot of, you know, when you hear, especially with vocal melodies and rhythms, you know, mm -hmm. when, when you can direct, when you can link them directly, mm -hmm. I imagine a lot of that is intentional and people, you know, passing down the importance of, of remembering this. You Very know? much so. Like oral history, I think people put too much... Um, um, weight on because if something is written down it is the only valid source of history whereas oral history is something that we have all been going off of for millennia and it's something that we still rely on especially in West Africa today due to custodians of the tradition called griots or jelly in Maninga um, to be short they are a hereditary caste of, of artisans that are charged with the keeping of genealogies with the keeping of events with the uh, um, understandings of day-to-day -day situations and historians. They are hereditary. They are the saying that you can become a griot. You, you can never become a griot. You're always born a griot. And um, even the word jeli, if you take jeli and joli in Maninga, it means blood. So it's, it's passed on family to family, and those families are charged with being oral historians and being genealogists. And if you look across different regions in Mandeng, whether their dialect is different and sometimes they don't understand each other. When we bring the history of one name, which is universal in that region, we put it together, all of them have the same understanding, mm. even though they are thousands of miles apart. Mm. And so that shows you the kind of, the um, that verifies what they're saying, that verifies the histories that they're, that, they're, that they're giving out and giving the information to their people. And it's a lot of what was taken to 
the states and though people may not know that they are or or the other parts of the diaspora it's not just the states um people may not know whether their lineages were griots or not because their name was taken from them mm. but they still carried on that role of having somebody that is a storyteller that is having somebody that can advise and hold on to history orally and a lot of that is still passed on in west african and diaspora music today so we've been talking deep about the music let's play some of the music you put mm -hmm. in a lot of stuff here um should we play uh morikante with desole mm. and and the caveman with ogi did i say that right ogi yeah ogi yeah Ogi. Uh, what, what do these artists mean to you so um morikante unfortunately passed away last year he was a really big um guinean musician but he became known internationally from his song yeke yeke and that was a club hit and you can still hear that today in some of the most uptown places and some of the most places of squalor that you find in central london sometimes but um this song désolé is literally talking about how he moves on from a loved one he says in different parts in the song it's a long time that you cheated on me you know it, I know it, it's over, and someone else is taking your place. So, But I love the song because of the incorporation of an early time, the incorporation of the traditional music, but the kind of modern, almost vocal arrangements and the complexity of it, so yeah. Jamila Woods with Basquat, and before that, Caveman with Oge. Um, cool stuff. Cool, cool, cool stuff. I love the Caveman track. Didn't know Caveman. Um, do you, I've, I've heard Jamila Woods. I know her. What's what's the deal with Caveman? Do you know much about them? Um, I don't know that much about them, but I just know that they're a really great band that are doing a lot with the genre, the, the high-life genre, and um, combining that also with a kind of light and easy kind of afro beats beats with an s with afro beats feel and um you know but in a very musical way i mean the track that you just did Uge, Uge just talks about taking time mm. Uge just means time and whatever you do people are going to talk whether it's good whether it's bad people are going to say something so just get on with it have a great time make sure that you take the best of it you know just a light but it's it's also heavy on the music side you know well, that's some. Uh, that's a good segue because you um you say just say something, and get on with it. That's something that you're really good at, and like uh, <laughs> you know this this radio show, Speak Up Thursday, kind of it it started, gosh, uh, started in June, I think, and uh, the whole Speak Up Thursday campaign, and like you know it all it all kind of kicked off after the death of George Floyd, who uh, we see his murderer on trial this week in mm -hmm. the states, and uh, I do remember um, it was around the time. Shortly before I started this radio show, you were going online a lot, um, speaking to camera, and you were holding zooms, uh, mm. long zooms, man. I remember it was, it was like a sun, it was a Sunday, and I remember it was I had two toddlers. Wife was stressed with work, and I'm like, oh, by the time I get these kids to bed, I'm not going to be able to get on your hell zoom. It's going to be over. As signed on, it was you know not even halfway through. You really committed to having conversation, hard conversations around race. Mm. Um, and I, I really enjoyed. Uh, I felt, I felt uh, gratitude for for being led into these Zoom conversations. Mm. I just want to know, um, 
maybe what were some of the biggest takeaways from that? I mean, just to put things in perspective, you held, held a, a Zoom every Sunday for, I don't know, a couple months or something. Yeah. And there was a lot of, probably hundreds of, of different people joined this thing. And they're having really deep conversations around race in general, like not just about what happened with George Floyd, mm. but all, all elements mm-hmm. uh, within relationships. And it, it was like, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, man, they should be doing this in school. Um, so I just wanted to ask you... Uh, what were some of the takeaways from from holding those Zoom chats for for a few months? Um, takeaways from holding those Zoom talks. Um, I think the takeaway first of all was like talking about race is exhausting. There's no such thing as a race card. People don't use, talk about racism because they want to talk about racism. Talk about racism because they're tired of it. So that was a huge takeaway because it was very tiring. In 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 many ways, not tiring holding the Zoom. I don't want it to sound like that. It was tiring just having to relive experiences and essentially re- relive and work with trauma. It, another takeaway was that the UK is far behind its articulation of racism than the US. There's this um, kind of fallacy that the UK is a race utopia. I've just seen the report that they released not too long ago. Uh, that stupidness and that the um, the the UK is a post-racial society that's what it's been described as uh, an independent Tory report has 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 come up with the conclusion that the UK is is post-racial um not that racism doesn't exist but it doesn't impede people in their lives here and and that zoom just the kind of magnitude as you said it grew to be huge numbers of people and we are so far behind um, in terms of racism that it's not even funny. That's what it really, um, I think that was a really big thing that I took away from. Another thing I took away from it is that tangible tangible change is, is what we're after. I think um, I love talking about it when I have the time and energy to give. Mm. Um, I'm not an educator, um, but I'm happy to talk to people that I feel have the capacity to unlearn and learn new things and change. But I'd prefer to do what I can in my sphere and and the connections that I have to make tangible change and lasting change within my community. I think that's what I took away from it. Well, I'm sure there's all the different people that <clears throat> excuse me, all the different people that joined that. I'm sure everybody walked away, signed out of those zooms with something. I mean, there were some moments in there that I, I definitely learned, uh, definitely learned some things. And uh, yeah, it's just thank you, thank you for holding those zooms. I mean. It is laughable what what the UK has just the Tory government has just done with this statement. And for me, I look at it as purely tactical. It just keep people, keep people. It, it, it's and, gaslighting I, as well. It, it's it, gaslighting. Yeah, gaslighting. It, it, it's and it's uh, it's awful. And I was thinking about this because a lot of people, especially being American, living in the UK, I don't know. People people compare uh, the two places quite a lot. And I just think, like, because of some of the things that we see happening in the U.S. are so horrific that mm. we can kind of, like, it's very easy to say you're talking about an American problem. And it, it's... it's. I mean, it's even in big, the, the report um, that was released, um, there was a, a report that was released earlier on in the year or just before the year ended at midnight, very discreetly. And the statistics are worse than the U.S. The statistics, the statistics of young black men that die in police custody are higher than the US. The statistics of young black women that die um, with postnatal issues due to ignorance and negligence by hospital staff is higher than the US. So there's stop and search and those kind of laws have increased 
in the past three years and since I last I compared it to the last report, I think before it was seven times more likely to be stopped. Mm. No, it's eleven. Eleven Pretty Patel, everybody's favourite. Um, My best she, friend. Yeah. <laughs> really, come down for an interview. Uh, so, um, you know, just the way they're ramping up, what they're going to do, just diminish the opportunity to protest. I mean, they're, they're really kill the bill. Hashtag kill the bill. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, like on the UK front, I think if you're listening to this and you live in the UK, a good organisation to follow and keep in touch with is Stand Up to Racism. Uh, and they they do just that, and they're kind of a sister organization organization of ours, and proud to say that. So really do um, really do follow them because they they hold a lot of conferences and events and protests, and do give some um, some specific actions of what we can do. Back to music. Um, back to let's get back to some music. So we we got the City Boys band coming up right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can talk to me about them, and then Usandor Usandor. Uh, you could argue he's, he's maybe he's definitely one of the most famous West African musicians ever, and and he mm-hmm. seems like, you know, you he's up there with Salif Keita, I'd say, with like ones where you say his name and and kind of the world knows, like mm-hmm. Baba Mal as and well. Baba Mal as well. Yeah. Um, so what what does Yusundur's music in general mean to you, or Yusundur as an artist? Yusundur is a pioneer in terms of the real kind of outreach of West African music and the diaspora. And I say that because maybe unbeknownst to him or known to him, I can't speak because I, I don't know him. So, um, <laughs> but <laughs> so I'll just use the two. Mbalach, um, which is Senegalese, like kind of our genre of the kind of token of Senegambian music, which is Mbalach. Mbalach is a form of music that's not just based on Sabah, that's also based in salsa, that's also based in rumba, that's also based in Afro Cuban music. And, um, and takes also takes on the f- with funk as well, um, a bit of rock, and um, all of those put together with the the kind of intoxicating rhythms of, is it intoxicating? I think so. I, I, yeah, I don't know if it makes me drunk, but you know, um, <laughs> but um, of Sabah drums and the traditional rhythms that come out of the specific Senegambian region, and those put together. Um, you wouldn't imagine it, but Yusundur and place and people like Orchestra Baobab that he was with and um, Super Etoile de Dakar, um, they were pioneers in that genre. And Yusundur just took it to another level when he started collaborating with people like Nene Cherry. And I remember he got his Grammy for his album Egypt, where he collaborated with, an, uh, I think it was like an 80-piece Egyptian orchestra with um, and touched on West African death, West African influence of Islam, and how our flavor, bringing it to the religion and how we express ourselves to glorify God through that flavor and also to the kind of classical Arabic side and putting it together. He's really just a pioneer in, in collaborations and bringing the culture together seamlessly, other cultures together seamlessly. So, yeah. Okay, and so before Yusundur, Yusundur old man, uh, we're going to play a track from City Boys. Uh, quick one on City Boys. You got any? I don't. I don't know the City Boys. City Boys, Ghanaian high life band. Back in the day, back in the day, um, just feel good stuff, man. The the thing, the track is Nyasem Tre. Nyasem Tre is like mind your seals, mind your business. Well, look over at what's happening here, you know, and just you know, take from it what you will.
Yusundur, the one and only. Thank you for that. Yo, I just realized the clock is against us. We only got 10 minutes. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the 21st, 21st episode of Hashtag Speak Up Thursday with Love Music Hate Racism. Uh, my guest has been the leader of Bali Mai Project, Yahel Kamara. Uh, no, no, speaking of Bali Mai Project, your debut album is coming fairly soon it with is. Jazz Refresh, isn't it? It is. It is. It's, well, it's a match made in heaven. Why... why what drew you to Jazz Refreshed? What drew them to you, you think? Um, jazz Refreshed, I've known, um, especially Adam from Jazz Refreshed, I've known him since I was 16. And my first show there when I was 16 um, with Lyrical. I was playing with her, shout out to Lyrical. Um, and um, since then, and I've played with many other artists there and featured or guest featured, including people like Dexter Hercules, um, uh, Yusuf Kamal, people like United Vibrations, um, Triforce. Um, I'm playing with so many people on the scene there. And every time Adam said to me, he said, I'll do something. When are you doing something? Why are you and this doing is something? The, everybody, everybody gives me this Adam story. Yeah, you know, Adam, and exactly. It's really great. He, he really pushes people. He really, really pushes people. When I said to him finally that I'm going to do Valley Matter Project, he's like, okay, when you're ready to, show, when you're ready to do a show, come down and start refreshed. And so I said to him, we're ready. He said, fine, I'll give you a date. This date, and I think it was like the 3rd of October or something. And this is when they were said at Mama's. Unfortunately, Mama's has closed mm. down. So um, hopefully, well, they've been giving us those weekly nights online and they've been amazing as well. Um, and we went down. The place was like sold out, packed out. We did really well. People loved it. And the next day, they were like, yeah, so what's going on? Let's let's get involved. Um, let's do the record. Support. Let's do the record. Like... Um, Let's do an album, man. I know you've got amazing songs. So, and so really I, I mean, I think you're the, but the must be the tenth person to tell me the story. And it's like I, I don't know Adam well. We've met and like you mm-hmm. know, great guy, all that. But I, I, I don't know. I could list. Give you a, give you a big list of people when I I talked about how they got involved with Jazz Refresh. Like I just did a show and then Adam came up to me and he's like, "Where's the record? Let's go!" Like every, he's, he's, if he, if he likes something, it seems he like he really something, he will he will actively and to be honest, he's gone above and beyond for for Ballymire Project. I don't know what he's done for everyone else. I'm sure he's done amazing things, but for us, I don't know. He's he, he's gone above and beyond, and they the whole team: Yvette, Justin, Garth, Bunny, um, and Adam as well. Um, everyone have really like just made sure that things happen even during the pandemic we were able to record our album which should be out in may inshallah um yeah. and um it, it's 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 just been getting everyone around making sure that they make extra concessions and making that sure that everything is done to the best of their ability and better than i could have even hoped for mm. so um uh, yeah they're like so that's how it's come about man. shout out to jazz refresh keep an eye out actually and i i can't give the details Get out your diaries now and mark August 14th. Me and Yahel are going to be doing something on August 14th that will yep. involve, involve a live show that will be free. It will be outdoors, but I can't give you the real information just yet. <laughs> uh, but you'll have it as soon as as soon as soon I'm allowed. August 14th. Mark your diaries. Um, so we got a few minutes left. We're going to play as much music as we can fit in here. Um, thank you for tuning in. This, you've been listening to a lot of West African music courtesy of Yahel Kamara Anono on the 21st episode of Speak Up Thursday, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Cheers. <laughs>